Back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard on this Thursday night as we look forward to Wild Card Weekend across the NFL. Two days from now, we get the 49ers and the Seahawks, and we get the Chargers against Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we await the Eagles' opponent as the NFC games roll on. We know, obviously, if it's Seattle, it's going to be them. If it's the Giants, it would likely be them. Otherwise, we wait for Monday, Cowboys and the Bucks, and we figure out who the opponent is coming here to Lincoln Financial Field next weekend. Let's talk about those potential opponents and this Eagles team as they enter the postseason as the number one seed with Bo Wolf of The Athletic, kind enough to join us on this Thursday night. Bo, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. How are you, Joe? Wow, doing well. Just um, it's it's funny. It kind of reminds me of five years ago. D- different kind of worry, but five years ago entering the postseason as a one seed, there was a you know I'd say trepidation in this town uh, until they won that first playoff game. I'm starting to feel it again. Bo, how do you feel about the team um, as they enter the playoffs? Obviously, not playing the best football they played uh, compared to most of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel pretty good uh, with the like obvious elephant in the room exception of. You know, how is Jalen Hurts going to look physically uh, by the time we get to a week and a half from now? Um, I think I, I think the like the end of the season uh, skid, if people are calling it that, is a little bit overstated. I mean, two of the games came with a backup quarterback and uh, one of them, they, they played pretty well offensively, just had some turnovers. And then the last game, I mean, they were playing against a bunch of backups. They had a vanilla game plan. They took care of business. And I thought I thought that was totally fine. Um, I think there's a chance here where. The Eagles have like the the rare possibility to be like the one team remaining that has like 22 of their starters, every single starter healthy. Um, if Avante Maddox is ahead of schedule and Lane Johnson can come back, it's crazy how healthy they've been. Um, and so, like, I, I feel pretty confident about uh, their ability to you know win the next game against whoever it is. And, and I think they're probably the most likely team in the NFL to make it to the Super Bowl. If you just consider the fact that, uh, you know, there's, there's probably five really good teams. Three of them are in the AFC. They're going to have to play each other. And if the Eagles have to play the Niners, it's going to be at home. So, um, I feel pretty good. But all of that said, if Jalen Hurts comes out next Sunday and is not willing to take a hit and they're not utilizing the run, you know, quarterback run part of the offense and he's a little bit skittish to throw the ball, then all of that changes. But, uh, until we see that, I feel I feel pretty good. So let's talk about Hurts. Bo, now today he didn't throw a football, and he asked a lot of questions after practice about uh, how he's feeling and all that. And you mentioned uh, kind of the way he looked on Sunday. It's interesting because we learn more about how he's feeling, and we watch the play a game now since the injury. I thought just if, if you looked at nothing besides him throwing the ball, like the way it came out of his hand, the accuracy, throwing the ball down the field that one time to A.J. Brown, I don't have I don't really have any reason to worry off that stuff, but it's the other things you mentioned. I mean, he shied away from all contact, and I think he's usually a quarterback that stands in there and will stand tall against pressure. He had no interest in that. He didn't run, no design runs, and then the few times there was like an opportunity to move, he went down very quickly, almost like those old quarterbacks who don't want to get hit. They just drop to the ground. That that was more concerning to me than him being able to throw. I think he could throw. It's everything else that feels like the question mark right now. Yeah, and I think that was a directive to him. I think that was sort of part of the deal of if you're going to play in this game, like you got to promise us that you're going to be careful. You're not going to lower your shoulder. You're going to protect yourself, like overprotect yourself as much as possible. And even though they dropped back, you know, 40 times or whatever it was, he was getting rid of the ball quickly for the most part. It was his second quickest uh, time to throw in the season. I think that was 
the game plan was to like get him back but protect him as much as possible. And even if he is injured, just knowing Jalen Hurts, I have no doubt that come playoff time when the games really matter, you know, he's not going to be sliding in the open field. He's going to be lowering his shoulder. So, Bo, um, over the next week and a half or so, what would your, be your guess? I mean, I, I'm going to have to try to talk people off the ledge here every night. Like, if you had to kind of project this out, would you imagine he's going to continue to be limited in practice the way he has been since he's tried to come back from his injury? Could you foresee something close to next Thursday or Friday where he's full and we're, we're back and ready to go? Like, what's your thought on how they're going to ramp him back up? Because I'm sure everyone's going to have, you know, holding their breath here as, as these practice reports and, and what you uh, and everybody else covering the team puts out when you see him at practice. Yeah, that's a good question, and it's it's total speculation, but um, I would imagine that you know he's going to be limited this week um, and probably the beginning of next week, but I would be surprised if he's not full at some point by the end of next week. Um, you know, maybe it's it's limited to the degree of, like, you know, he doesn't throw every, every play, um, but I think that he's going to be ready to go for next Sunday, and that's really all that matters. All right, let's talk about uh, the other th- thing that happened on Sunday. Um, and I think it's it may be under the radar because Hurts' return really overshadowed everything. But Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Bo, coming back, I thought that made a difference. Um, and, and I thought it was interesting the way Jonathan Gannon used him more as a, a slot corner filling in for Avante and leaving Blankenship out there at safety rather than the way they had used you know, Chauncey Garner-Johnson when he first got here, which was as a safety and all those interceptions he had back there. What did you think about the way Gannon did it? And and do you think it, until we get Avante Maddox back in the fold here, they'll continue to go down that route? Yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was glad that that was what Jonathan Gannon did, and I was impressed that, that is what he did, that he was willing to be more versatile and that Chauncey Garner-Johnson was, was willing to play that role. Um, if you just looked at it from a vantage point of how do we get our best 11 guys on the field, I don't think there's any doubt that, that having Reed Blankenship on the field over Josiah Scott at this point is, is better. And that's really not a knock against Josiah Scott, who I think has fared about as well as you could have expected when he's been pushed into duty this season. But I think Reed Blankenship has not just held his own. I think he's been pretty good um, when he's out there. And so um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who was so good in that nickel role for the Saints, willing to step in, I thought that made a lot of sense. I don't know what will happen if, you know, Avante Maddox is able to come back soon you know he was off of his walking boot today which he had had the last couple weeks so that's a good sign uh, and the eagles obviously did not put him on injured reserve so that's another good sign so i, I think there's a chance that you know maybe avante maddox is back if, for the championship game if they get there but i would guess for the next week that that we're probably going to see the same thing we're going to see garner johnson in the slot and and blank and ship at safety so, Bo, you mentioned, uh, used the word, the best 11. Uh, let's go back to the offense for a second. I'm, I'm just curious if you've agreed, if you've disagreed, if you understand what the Eagles were thinking on the way they've structured the offensive line since Lane went down. Now, if Lane comes back next week, I think no harm, no foul. Uh, they got through a few weeks with Jack Driscoll. But I've just, I've questioned it since Lane went down, especially because I don't know if Lane Johnson can get through the postseason. I'm sure he's going to line up there next Saturday, but I remember when Deshaun Jackson had an abdominal injury. He came back after rehabbing. He played like three plays, and then he was gone again and needed surgery. So I'm, I'm not like locking it in that Lane's going to play a full postseason. Are you surprised we haven't really heard anything or, or seen anything with them trying Dillard at left tackle, who's just sitting there collecting dust, and Mylotta at right tackle. Instead, they've just gone down the Driscoll route, and I'm, quite frankly, he, he worries me a little bit here. What, what do you think about how they've handled that? Uh, I think it, it follows with what Jeff Stylin has done in the past, and that is, you know, it, it makes more sense to uh, not mess with two positions and mess with just one position because 
If all of a sudden you've got Andre Dillard playing with Landon Dickerson, those two guys haven't played together as much, and then Mylotta and Sayamalo, now those guys have played together, but Mylotta is not quite as comfortable on the right as he is on the left. Um, and I think I, I, I think I disagree about like how good Driscoll's been. I think he's been fine. Um, and I don't think that like moving Mylotta is worth whatever the delta is between Dillard and Driscoll at this point. Um, I, I, like, I think that we maybe overrate Dillard uh, to some extent just because we haven't seen him that much. I think, I think Driscoll is about the same level of player. Um, and then as for Lane Johnson, I mean, yeah, you know, he's not, he's not Deshaun Jackson. Um, I, would, I would imagine that he's going to be able to play through a little bit more. But uh, it's definitely true that they cannot count on Lane Johnson being out there for the entire playoffs and, and being, you know, 100% Lane Johnson. They need to be ready with that backup plan. Um, and I think Driscoll is maybe a little bit more reliable. All right, Bo, from Bo Wolf, the athletic here. Let, let's look forward to this weekend with the NFL playoffs, and obviously it impacts who the Eagles will play next weekend. Bo, if we were to do a draft here, um, and you were drafting in terms of who the Eagles would want to play, who would be the number one pick? Who's the team you'd want to play if you're the Eagles, and who's the team you'd have as last on your rankings? The team, if you could choose, you would choose to avoid. Well, I think the, the easy answer for who you would want to play is the Seahawks, because that would mean that they beat the Niners. Um, and that would eliminate the the other really good team in the conference. And you're playing a team who you know would have to be playing their second straight road game, coming across the city or the country rather, and just not as good of a team. Um, I think you could say that the Seahawks, Giants, and Vikings are all sort of relatively easy matchups for the Eagles. Um, I would probably say, and they can't play the, the Vikings in the first round, but I would say Seahawks would be number one, Giants number two. Probably Bucks number three, and then Cowboys are the one team that uh, I, that would make me nervous. Um, I, I just think they have more upside offensively. You're playing a team a third time. It's it's kind of interesting that this is year three of Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott have only played against each other one time, uh, and that was that was that first game last year when when the Eagles went down there and got killed. Um, so I think it's sort of leading towards that, but uh, that is the team that would that would scare me the most. Yeah, I'm obviously the highest end talent there and the most wins of all those teams this year. All right, Bo, let's um let's end with this. I'll give you another hypothetical. Both the Eagles coordinators are interviewing this week. I know there's different rules and how they do it, you know, virtually or they do it tomorrow or Saturday or whatever, and then back to work with the regular team. But they're interviewing uh, for different jobs, head coaching jobs. Um, which one of the two do you think would be more detrimental to lose for the Eagles? Bo, uh, Shane Steichen or Jonathan Gannon? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I. You know, I think it depends a little bit on what uh, replaces them. And I think that, like, offense matters more, and so my, my initial instinct would be Steichen. But, you know, Nick Sirianni is, is an offensive coach. I think we probably underrate the degree to which this offense is Sirianni's and not Steichen's just because Steichen is calling the plays. Um, I think they probably have a little bit more of a pipeline uh, for offensive coaches to, to potentially replace Steichen whether that's somebody in the building or, or somebody outside the building. But I also think it's probably easier to get like replacement level defensive coordinator uh, work, especially with like the talent that they have on the roster. And so I guess I would say Steichen, but, uh, but I'm not sure I feel too strongly about that. 
All right, I, I said I, this was the last question, but I lied. We were actually joking earlier, uh, Bo, about Sirianni a few weeks ago and how he was talking about how Jalen Hurts heals faster than everybody and all that and you know, how he heals faster than the beat writers that cover the Eagles. So we, we were talking about some sort of, like, if there was a race between beat writers that cover the Eagles, who we thought would win. But like, I, I, I didn't have a good grasp on it to give a good, good guess. You, I'm sure, do. I mean, you're around the same people every day, mm-hmm. basically. So if there was a race, right, a, a physical, race. I don't know if we're going to do a 40-yard dash or we could figure that part out, but if you had to pick of your of your colleagues that cover the team, the brethren down there, who do you think would uh, would win a race? That's a good question. Uh, now, I, I do have to say, I, I think that there's a bit of a, uh, like a, uh, a disparity in the way that Sirianni talks about this. Mm-hmm. Either Jalen Hurts is this amazing healer who is like Wolverine and can heal better than everybody else, or He's like this super tough guy who's playing through pain, right? It can't be both. If he's healing well, then maybe he's not that not in that that much pain. But right. If or he, maybe if, they lied to us and he was hurt really bad and they pretended it was a two week injury and that's why we're doing all this well, there drama you go. now. Yeah. Exactly. But my answer is I think there are I think there are three contenders. Um I think Elliot Shore Parks is up there. I think he's gonna want to be the answer. <laughs> um I think it depends on the distance. I think Martin Frank is a is a long distance runner. But um, assuming that it, this is like a, a more of a sprint, uh, my answer is going to be Josh Tolentino from the Inquirer. Okay. All right. Good stuff, Bo. We appreciate you hopping on. Uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy the bye. I mean, I know beat writers need a bye, too. We all do. So enjoy the bye watching the games, and, uh, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. There he goes. Bo Wolf of the Athletic there. Uh, so he goes, Josh Tolentino. I don't know him very well. I know he's kind of new. He's a younger beat younger. writer, which I think makes sense. Yeah. So you, so you kind of just rule out some of the, the older ones. I think so. That's the, I mean, that was the tone I got from you. We're going to rule out. I mean, out. I, I like some of the older beat writers. We have them on as guests, yeah, or some I mean, of them host at WIP. Sure. I don't know if they're in their athletic prime. I, I mean, I think that's more than fair. Like Ruben Frank used to be a runner. I don't know if I would pick him in a sprint today. Uh, again, that's, I mean, look, a, look at Tom Brady, right? Age catches up to all of us at some point. It's just not the same player he used to be, and, that, and that's okay. All right, 215-592-9494. It's how you hop around. So we got some good stuff there from Bo Wolf, including the boot off of Vontae Maddox. That is good news. I mean, sometimes we get – sometimes the Jalen Hurts stuff just yeah, – and obviously it's an injury to the quarterback, so we're going to talk more about that than anything, but it just kind of consumes us. That's good news that Avante Maddox, the boot is off there. Maybe he could be back. And Bo mentioned maybe the NFC Championship game. That would be significant if they get on Avante Maddox back for that. The other thing I thought was interesting, uh, the discussion we had there, was Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And for as much as there's whining and complaining about Jonathan Gannon, never just, never does anything different. That was different what he did on Sunday. And I thought that was a really good idea to put Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at, at nickel corner and leave Blankenship out there. Because if you just say to me right now, like, you have to have one of these guys in the field. We'll figure out the positions. But you have to have Reed Blankenship or Josiah Scott. I'd rather have Reed Blankenship. I feel like in the brief period both those guys have had to play – Blanket chip has made more plays. I mean, I really can't think of a time I, I was like, oh, good play, Josiah Scott. Like, he just, he either doesn't, I don't notice him, or he gets beat on a third and 30. At least Blanket chip, I don't know, once or twice again, I'm like, oh, that was a good play by Blanket chip. I like him better than Josiah Scott. And he picked off Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's true. Which I assume Josiah Scott also did, right? Uh, Didn't he get him in that game too when it bounced may- off Slade? Maybe, but that was like someone else's pick. Yeah, but you got to be there. You know, opportunity, yeah, know. find those who, who are prepared or something like that. But, you look at what happened against the Giants game, Gardner Johnson allowed two catches for five yards. He, he was fantastic mm-hmm. in the slot. 
Yeah, he and, and that's – I mean, you go back to the trade when they traded for him. That's what he was doing more of in New Orleans. I mean, he was basically their nickel corner, and then the Eagles traded for him. It's like, well, he did play safety back in the day in college. I guess he could do that too. And he did that at, at really what was a Pro Bowl level before he got hurt. So I, I think that was a really good move, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're seeing more of that. But, you know, the that Avante update there from Bo, you know, and he mentioned at some point in the postseason they could have 22 of 22 starters playing. Nobody else has it. Let's just add that to the list, right? The list of reasons why this is Super Bowl or bust. They've got all these things lined up. They are mostly healthy, or at least they're on the men to get as healthy as, as any playoff team. They have home field advantage. They took advantage of a week's schedule that won't be as weak next year. They have to play the Bills and Chiefs and Niners next regular season. I mean, the idea of them going 14-3 and three next year, it's hard to imagine. And they have all this talent around Jalen Hurts because he's so cheap right now. And, it again, it's similar to 2017. It's it's very interesting how they've repeated so many of the elements of 2017. Now, some of them are out of Howie Roseman's hands, right? Like, when he's building the team, he can't he, – he doesn't know the top quarterbacks in the NFC or top teams are going to fall apart. That That's that's not really part of the calculus. Oh, maybe this guy won't be as good. Maybe Matt Stafford gets hurt this year. I mean, that, that wasn't part of the, the guess. But – isn't it funny how it's very like everything lined up similar to 2017 from the chief quarterback to the team around him to the schedule? It's weird how it happened again. Yeah, I mean, almost every element is exactly the same outside of your starting quarterback getting hurt and your backup playing like the right. second coming of Joe Montana. Yeah, that that wasn't uh, that didn't happen. That did not happen. We got to see the Gardner Mitchell show, but a lot of the same stuff happened. And really, the the one that I mean, maybe they had some sort of thought that those teams could fall a little bit. I mean, I did. I mean, I, I thought the Rams and Packers wouldn't be as good this year, but I don't think any of us predicted this. The Rams would be a bad team. Stafford gets hurt. The Packers don't make the playoffs. You know, and it, it's you, you go back to five years ago, and those quarterbacks heading into the season, it was just looked at as, you know, Carson Wentz was not looked at in 2017 as anywhere near the top of the NFC. I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan was coming off of an MVP. Aaron Rodgers was, was still in his prime. Dak Prescott was coming off a far better rookie season than, than what Carson had been. I, I'm trying to remember all the NFC quarterbacks that year, but he, I, I, there's none of us were saying early, you know, before that season started, oh, he's going to be a top quarterback in the conference or one of the top you know, couple in the conference. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. Like, I thought he'd take a leap, we thought, and I thought you know, he could jump up to top five-ish in the conference, but then Kyler Murray stunk and got hurt. Aaron Rodgers wasn't as good. Tom Brady wasn't as good. And all of a sudden, we are sitting here – it's it. it I, I'm. Sh- I would love to hear if Howie Roseman feels the urgency that I feel. I would bet he does because I think he knows how difficult his job's going to be the next year or two. Do you think he knows he's never built anything sustainable? Well, he's not blind, right? Right. Like I, I think Howie Roseman's a smart guy, and Howie Roseman's been a GM now for over a decade. But my one knock on Howie Roseman has always been he's never built anything that's lasted more than a year. Right. The Eagles have had a lot of success under Howie Roseman, but. It's kind of always one year, right? They were good in 2013. They were good in 2014 with Chip Kelly, too. But then it fell apart. They were good in 2017, and then it fell apart. They're good in 2022, once again, with a cheap quarterback. I don't know. Like I'm very curious to see what he does once Jalen Hurts gets paid because he's never built a team that sustained success with an expensive quarterback. Yeah, no, he hasn't. Um, And I I would imagine if he was to answer the question, I mean, who's our who's our caller from was it Doylestown that sounds like Howie that we think is Howie? Maybe he'll let us know. No, that was a while ago. It was Ethan. Ethan from Doylestown, I think it was. Um, maybe he'll let us know one of these nights. But 
if I were to guess how I would think Howie Roseman would say, I, I know what I'm like, I have a better idea of how to do it now. And I screwed up these other times, but here's why I think I could do it better this time. And I would hope he does. Uh, he does have a, a very significant asset coming up in the NFL draft, which, you know, it's fun that we're not doing mock draft mania yet. I mean, I like mock draft mania and I, I mean, I kind of excited when we, when we start doing it, but have you been looking at mock drafts yet? Of course yet? I've been looking at mock drafts. I mean, I just think when I type in MOC on my phone, it just knows. I mean, how many times in the last two years did, did we look up mock drafts? I mean, literally. I mean, every day for like three months. Right. So it's just kind of my phone recognizes that. But that number 10 pick is, is the kind of asset that can help Howie Roseman do it better this time than last time. Whether he takes a player or he trades the pick and he gets a bunch of more assets and they keep rolling this thing over. I, I don't know how they're going to play it, but that should help here. I mean, I, I, ha- I have to hope that how we learn from the lessons of last time and maybe this time the quarterback is a little bit more stable uh, into the future, which certainly could help things out as well. 215-592-9494. I look at this season. I look at this postseason. What they've accomplished is great. 14-3 and is an amazing – it's one of the great seasons in franchise history. But it only truly matters if they capitalize to win the Super Bowl. And they have a rare opportunity. The other, Just go through the names of the quarterbacks in the NFC. Purdy. Cousins. Brady, but not really the same Brady anymore. Prescott. Jones and Smith. Geno Smith and Daniel Jones. That's the field the Eagles are up against. With home field advantage. With maybe 22 starters playing by the championship weekend. This is an opportunity they can't pass up. This is Super Bowl or bust for me for the Eagles. Is it for you? 215-592-9494. Tell you, Hopper, we'll come back. Let you hear from Jalen Hurts today. His answers were very interesting today. He didn't throw. He was on the field limited, kind of running around, going through drills, but not throwing a football at all today. He answered questions about how he's feeling. Will he be 100% by the time we get to next Sunday? It was, uh, I would call it a bizarre sequence with Jalen Hurts today. You'll hear that next. 215-592-9494. I'm worried about Hurts' shoulder. I cannot lie. And if you're not worried, I think you're lying to yourself. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop in on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Football fans, call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forts Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet NFL same-game parlays from now through January 16th, all customers can get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose. All you have to do is place a total of $20 or more in NFL same-game parlay or same-game parlay plus bets during the wild card round. The more you bet, the more you get back in free bets. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a larger Payday. Let's build one for Saturday. I'm going to go Chargers to win. Let's go Austin Eckler over his rushing total. And we'll go with a touchdown for Josh Palmer. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. New to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can also get up to 100 Dollars in free bets, win or lose, when signing up with promo code Jillio. That's promo code G I G L I L. I really like the FanDuel app. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL.